Yeah, I'm trying to look like Wait, Joel. You still have your SPJ? Joel Osteen? Yeah, Joel Osteen. You're not going to let me into your house if it's flooding. No, but I will preach to you. There you go. This is an episode of GSPN. With your host, Darth Jafar. I have, like, insane diarrhea. Falcon Chu. Let's get it started. And Siete Uno. Bullshit. Fuck life. Fuck everything. Fuck, fuck this. Fuck that. Fuck it. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride with GSPN. And here's today's host. What's happening, nerds and jocks of all forms and shapes in the universe? We're sending another message out there into the stratosphere. This is GSPN. You're back for another episode. I am the half host today uh, for the beginning of this episode. Yes, of course, this is the voice of Darth Jafar that you're hearing. As always, I am joined by my uh, kabobbles. Kabobbles. <laughs> yeah. That one right there is Siete Uno. The one that you can't see throwing up the Tim Duncan gang signs is Falcon Chew. I'm Tim Duncan, and I'll take on anyone. <laughs> Man, that's one of the greatest movies that the world will never know about. Do y'all have that movie saved somewhere? That's, should we put that shit on YouTube? Oh, I don't even shit. know. We need to definitely put that on a digital save, because I think it's just on one of those tiny uh, camcorder ones, you know? <laughs> From back in the day. Yeah. Maybe on a yeah. VHS too. Because I, I remember we would watch it and it would have like tracking in the beginning. <laughs> for the for the gen for the gen uh Zers who are listening and don't know what tracking is. And the special button that you used to have to hit to like get rid of it. But uh yeah, welcome back. Another episode of GSPN. Today we've got uh, a pretty pretty hefty lineup of some uh Stats and news and, and things like that. We're going to start the day off um, talking about a serious issue uh, that's been a problem with the world for a very long time, um, and it's cancer. It's not the kind of cancer that you are thinking about, though. It's basketball cancer. It's a locker room cancer. Um, and as Flat the Earth Dallas... Cancer. <laughs> As the Dallas native, it's my responsibility to bring this to the uh, to the forefront and to y'all's attention. Of course, we all know during the trade deadline, Kyrie Irving got out of Brooklyn and he was brought over here to Dallas. And uh, I'm not gonna lie, since I'm a numbers guy, I was like, I was saying, I think I think Luka Doncic and and Kyrie Irving can get it done. That was a fucking lie. <laughs> uh, I don't even know how many games they've played together because the Mavericks lineup has been pretty wonky since they got together and uh, they're sitting out sometimes or one's playing one's not uh, I think while they were playing together they started off like 0-4 and, uh, and I was just like oh they need time to get used to each other but no I think it's the typical Kyrie effect man I don't uh, it, it's tough but We'll start by saying this. The Mavericks, I just saw a stat on Twitter today. Before the Kyrie trade, the Mavericks' chances of making the playoffs was around like 86%, I think. 
And then before tonight's game against the Bulls, their chances of making the playoffs were 4%. And everyone was saying if they beat the Bulls tonight, they can at least be in the play-in. And uh, about 20 minutes before the podcast started, I saw on Twitter that they had lost to the Bulls. So chances are over. Uh, The Kyrie-Luka era was short-lived in Dallas. Um, to the surprise of maybe not a lot of people. Guys, I don't know, man. Like, looking back at it, I think it was it was pretty stupid of me to, to say this was going to work because they're both ball-dominant people, players. They both need the ball in their hands to get things started and, and get their, their numbers. You can't have two players that are too alike on a roster, I think. On top of that, I don't know, man. I... I <sighs> There seems to be a trend with Kyrie in general where, like, wherever he goes, he brings the opposite de- of the desired effect. He has the all-star numbers, but he doesn't have the all-star track record with his teams. And uh, I think that's just becoming part of his legacy at this point, man. But I know CF has been saying for a while, you know, he's always been on the Kyrie is not good for, for locker room morale. Or anything like that. So obviously, CFD, I'm guessing you're not surprised that this yeah, happened. I was not surprised at all. I was, I, and you know, this is something actually that I wanted to talk about. Like, maybe, and I don't know if we want to do it here, but maybe at another time. But just like our philosophies on things, because I know Jafar is a numbers guy. So, you know, a lot of his, you know, uh, not strat, I don't want to say strategy, but like, you know, his, the way he sees the NBA <laughs> is in the numbers. Versus like me, I, I'm a kind of like a social kind of person. I want to know how he, how that person reacts in a, in a locker room. And, you know, I mean, I, as soon as I heard Kyrie was going, I was like, man, it's gonna, it's gonna drop bad. And just to give you some numbers, Jafar, with this loss today, if I did my, my math right, which of course I went to St. Anthony, so I don't know if the math is right, but um, they went seven and 25. Wow. Since Kyrie joined the Mavs. No, that sounds right. <laughs> and it's, I mean, it's just insane. But, I mean, Luca. I mean, because I, I, in the notes I put a, a story about how Luca doesn't feel it was chemistry with Kyrie. He said it was more that we just got rid of our defense. Like, in order to get Kyrie, they tra- traded away a lot of their defense. So, I mean, I guess I can see that point. But, I mean, at the end of the day, they're bringing in an all-star. He should, you know, be an all-star and play. He, he, he shouldn't just be a one-sided player. He needs to be able to play on both sides of the court. Yeah. So, if he's not doing that and he's not making a defensive stop and, like, taking on the best player and uh, uh, scoring, then he's not really doing a good job, in my opinion. But he... They and I, I thought this stat was crazy, which is what I put in the notes. They played a back-to-back game with the Hornets, I think, and they scored 110 points combined and still lost both games. That I was remember insane. that. I remember that night. That yeah. was legit insane. I think that's kind of the point where I was like, "Yeah, this isn't gonna work because it, it's it's too much firepower and it's like." We were. I was saying before, you know, it was it was them always getting thirty points or something per game, 
and then everyone else on the roster is getting like seven or less. And so, yeah, they got they lost a lot of depth. And I don't know. Yeah, Falcon was you keeping up? Yeah. No, I mean I paid a little bit of attention, and and when it first happened, when it first happened, the trade uh, bringing Kyrie over here, I was honestly a little like thought that they may actually do something with it. But uh, at the same time, I did know that Luca was a, a very ball-hungry kind of person. And uh, obviously, Kyrie is the same. And uh, so I was curious as to how that would work. I didn't realize that they were trading away their most uh, important defensive asset in uh, Dorian Finney-Smith. But, mm. but, I mean, in the end, it, it, it's kind of laughable. Because they are a Texas rival, so I, I get a kick out of it. Just as we watch the the Rockets kind of struggle at the same time as us, and um, although technically the Rockets beat us this year because they had a worse record than us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you know? Um, oh, and then and then also. Uh, I just may may ask you, Jafar, do you think that with the way that this turned out, do you think, uh, I'm not too sure as far as like contracts go, but uh, is Luca on the end of one? Is he going to leave, man, next year? The way it's looking right now, uh, it's kind of the end of Luca and Kyrie. I know they said Kyrie could have signed uh, an extension, and I don't think he is, and I think he's going to try to be an unrestricted free agent this, this summer. And then as far as Luca goes, he's been voicing his um, displeasure, I guess you can say, with like the organization and how they've not really surrounded him with a lot of help and stuff like that. On top of that, a lot of the people in Dallas are kind of like getting to the point now, too, where... And I'll even admit this too. You know, I, I love Luca. I was big on him when he came to the league. I'm still pretty big on him, but he does kind of fit the stereotype of the soft European uh, player in the sense that he like is a bit of a whiner and complainer and stuff like that. And it's like, dude, you're you're the you're like one of the A-listers in the NBA. Like, you get calls that most people don't probably. Uh, you know, you get you have the green light for everything. Like, be a leader, and a lot of people in Dallas are kind of like getting to that point where they're like, "Yeah, Luca is he can go off for forty if he wants to any night, but the guy is not a leader. You know, he can't. All he does is complain. He doesn't round up the the rest of the team and motivate them. He just kind of goes out there and." and plays rec ball, hero ball on his own. So I think maybe not half, maybe like a little less than half of the fan base is starting to get a little flustered with their star player. Uh, so yeah, from, from some things I've been seeing on Twitter and just like random articles, uh, I think people in Dallas are getting ready for a, a rebuild. I don't know if they're going to do a hard rebuild or if, if Mark Cuban is going to try to work some kind of, sign and trade magic and just do like a soft rebuild but yeah i think people are kind of preparing for that to happen welcome to the club <laughs> damn. <laughs> damn texas sucks no. yeah, texas is just sucking it up now <laughs> fuck 
took 20 years. <laughs> yeah, we did have a good 20 years, actually. I mean, shit. Right? Yeah. We had, we had the Spurs trio. We had even 30 Dirk and his Mavericks. And then Yao and T-Mac in Houston. Yeah, but even before that, too, in the 90s, didn't they have Olajuwon? Yeah. And- so, I don't know who was on the Mavericks in the 90s. I think the Mavericks were kind of mid in the 90s. Yeah, I can think that, too. They had but a as, a, as a whole, though, like, as a whole for Texas, we had a good a good time running, but now it's, like, everybody else. Everybody else is doing good. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, dude, like, I'm, I think, I think they already said they shut down Kyrie and Luka now for the season. Yeah. Since they're kind of out of playoff contention. Well, shit. Don't know they, if Luke is going to hang around, but I think Kyrie's already gone. Dude, they didn't even play Kyrie today. Like, they didn't play anybody today. Like, supposedly, like, they sat a lot of people except for Luca. Well, you know, I was reading, too, that there was a, an anonymous, quote-unquote, uh, front office person in the West who expressed regret for not tanking for Wimby or Scoot. Huh. And even though it was anonymous, like all the comments were like Mavericks. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, uh, Houston and, Te- uh, and San Antonio are tanking, so that's the only other one. Process of elimination. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but yeah, dude, definitely over. And the whole the whole Kyrie thing, man. I'm just curious to see where he goes. I don't know if I was an NBA team. I don't even know if I would even want to risk bringing him over. You know, but I'm sure there's there's teams out there that are desperate enough to uh, to give him what he wants money wise financially and and hand him the reins. But to me, it's just it's he's consistently inconsistent. You know, it's like it's almost like saying, hey, come and play for us, even though you'll probably play 45 game stops. And then just completely destroy our chemistry. Yeah. And (laughs) And ask for our coach to be fired or something, you know? Yeah. Fucking so pretty bad, pretty bad track record in his wake. But uh, we'll see where Luca goes or if he stays, man. I don't know, but it's been it's been wild here in the West as it always is. But that's that's the deal with the Mavericks right now. Oh, well, was soon to be Austin Spurs. No. Oh my gosh, that's uh, another conversation for. All right, that's a continuation of a previous conversation for another day. <laughs> Speaking of the Austin Spurs, hey. no, no, I mean, you know, you could just throw it in there real quick because, uh, because it did happen. The Spurs had their, their game in Austin last night and it was a sold out crowd and they sold out the game that's happening tomorrow as well. And, uh, the, the place was rocking and the, the Spurs actually won. They've seen more wins in Austin than we've seen in San Antonio this season. <laughs> Nah. <laughs> they have a better record over there. <laughs> they better and, not go two and zero there, man. And they did the little. Remember when we went to the uh, to the Alamo Dome game? They did a little thing with the lights. They did that with them. I'm like, man, I thought that was special. I thought that was our thing. Why are you? Why? Are you, it's like going on a, on a date and taking a girl to where you used to take your ex girlfriend, man. Like you just don't do that, man. Like oh, yo, I do that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a familiar routine. <laughs> I hear you, homie. I hear you. But ye, that uh, that hurt, and people were like, 
like Austin really went all out to like you know I guess support them or whatever but, not gonna lie I was a little jelly because like the crowd like when you see the pictures the crowd's all young and I'm like damn man like we don't we don't have that here Mm-mm. no none of our young none of the young kids want to be Spurs fans anymore they just want to see they want to see Kyrie uh, fucking destroy a team well, Steph hopefully Curry, with uh, the new CBA uh, rules, we'll sign some good players. Yeah. Speaking of new CBA that's coming out, uh, this is where I'm going to take over for Jafar since he's uh, having issues seeing our, net, our list here. Uh, there's, there's quite a bit of changes that are coming up. Um, Real interesting changes. Uh, I don't know if you guys had a chance to look through the notes, but uh, I thought one thing that was... I, I do appreciate their them trying to fix the super team issues that has been coming going around recently. And, you know, I, I think that... I mean, I don't know how, how it's going to work out. I mean, in the article that I was reading, it was what they were saying is that, you know, they did all these fixes... But the problem is, is that we don't know what other issues are going to come up because of these fixes. You know, like we're we're putting that we're putting out one fire, but this might cause another fire to start up. So, but uh, as far as trying to fix what's going on, what the NBA is doing is, if you're a team that's over the luxury tax, uh, there was like there was like a like a they called it an apron in the article. And I got this article off of, I think it was CBS. Yeah, CBS Sports. And, you know, there was an apron. And then if you went over that apron, then you had like a hard salary cap that got put into place. But uh, now what they're doing is if you go over a certain limit, which is 17.5 mil over the luxury tax um, or over your cap, you have a shit ton of issues that happen to you. So for starters... Um, you can't re-sign project players using um, uh, mid-level exemptions. Uh, you can't uh, sign anyone from a buyout market. So, like for instance, if we bought out, like we bought out Lamarcus Aldridge, and you're over the luxury tax, you can't go and get him at all. So, I thought that was interesting. Uh, trades are even affected. Um, you can't trade. Uh, you cannot make a trade uh, with your draft pick six years out, more than six years out. Um, you cannot, you cannot t- take on more salary than than what you're trading out, and you can't offer cash in order to uh, to offset some some of the trade uh, the trades that you're doing. So I don't know. I mean, I I feel like that's a a good thing. Oh, and then that's the other thing. You can't, um, where was it? Oh, no, that was it. Yeah, like, it just it just made it harder for you to keep multiple stars on your team if you do that. Or the stars would have to legit take a major pay cut to be on that team, which... That's good. I don't know if people will want to do that. But, ye, what are you... So... I'm, I'm, I'm for Jafar at least. I'm assuming you like these changes that have been that they've done. Yeah, man, I've I've kind of been over the big three era because I mean I know we technically had a big three, but 
not not in the sense that a lot of other big threes have been. Uh, you know, I think of like the Celtics back in the day with KG and Ray and Paul Pierce. Those guys were like multiple all stars. Uh, then you had LeBron, Wade, uh, and Bosch, and then you had Steph and uh, KD and Clay, and the list just kind of goes on. You know, the Spurs, you can say we had a big three, but in the end of the day, Tim Duncan was like the superstar, Tony was the all star, and Manu, I mean, the, he had like two all star uh, appearances in his entire career. You can't really you can call it a big three, but it was like a soft big three. It was more like a big two and a solid third. And I kind of miss that um, that sort of team setup. You know, it goes back to it's kind of like us. And then like the Lakers back in the day it was like Shaq and Kobe. And then maybe Derek Fisher. They had like a solid other player that would that could at least get them like 15, 16 points per game but you relied on these other two. So I do think I do kind of like the idea of the league going back to like having a big two and then like, you know, like two Batmans and a Robin. Cause lately it's been all Batman. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think, I think I like the idea more of like two Batman, one Robin. You had Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen, and then Horace Grant. Yeah, no, something like that. So, well, you the, know, what the big three era needs to die out. Well, you know what? I, one thing I'll say about that with the three big, uh, the big three area is with our big three, it was all homegrown. Like we didn't trade for for any of those players. We developed those players that eventually became a big three. Which, I mean, I feel like that's the right way of doing things. Yeah, right? that's true too. Because all the ones I use as examples were all free agent. Signings, yeah. shit. So yeah, signs and yeah. trade. And, and I mean, yeah. our guys ended up taking less money to stay together. So I mean, I don't know. I feel like that's how that works. But um, you know, one thing that I, I am, and I'm curious what you think about this, Falcon. Um, you know, as we may know, the NBA does struggle in ratings. Like they still get ratings, but they don't get the ratings like football does or, or something else. And, you know, I am curious, you know, one of the things that drives the NBA is money. Do you think that without having these super teams, like people are going to stop watching the NBA again and, you know, it's not going to be as exciting, Falcon? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I do think so, unfortunately, uh, because, I mean, either that or. This could uh, make it just more a level playing ground, and therefore there would be a more um, fair competition just all across, and the the whole fucking um, conference could be more competitive, and 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 it could bring more more kinds of viewers. Thank you, I appreciate that very much. Yes, yes. Falcon got a, a favorite delivery right now. <laughs> Um, but yes, I, I guess we will only know as, uh, as it, uh, time will tell us because yeah, man, I mean, 
I don't, uh, to be honest, I don't care about these games that are on TV these days because they're kind of boring to me because um, it's just like, because it's kind of lopsided. But you think that, but then it does, it's not true because like you're all, all the warriors that have, you know, Clay and Steph and all that still and, and um, Polly Shore. And <laughs> <laughs> but, sure. but then they're not even all that great you know they're not even you know all the way up there like they could be or should be and, and they uh, win the championship this year <laughs> <laughs> yeah they play possum but so i don't know i mean i think for the children and the youths uh they still like the big names and all that so they're gonna they're gonna like that but as for as far as us Millennials, we like just spread out competition, uh, you know. And and then to your point, I was gonna, I was about to like hit Jafar because you know he was talking about the big threes, and I was like, yeah, but we we were you know all drafted by the Spurs. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, so uh, that was one bit that they did fix. Uh, the other thing they did fix were um, contract extensions. So uh, from what I was reading uh, with the contract extensions, like a scenario with uh, DJ, with DeJounte, um, we could only give him a 20% raise for a contract extension or else he would do what he did when he was with us, he, which was... Um, wait till the end of the contract to test out the free the free market or free agency and with the new contract extensions instead of giving just 20 percent raises we can give 40 percent raises which i feel is a bigger number i don't know i mean i guess granted i'm not a math magician so i don't know exactly what all that means but i mean i don't know if it will help I mean, especially because the reason that they did this change is because they're trying to make it enticing to do contract extensions instead of going to the free mar- or to the free agency to see if they could get max deals or whatever. Uh, because with the contract extensions, as it was with the twenty percent, I mean, people like DJ, whose value rises within their contract, um, you know, they. You know, they can't really entice them uh, with the bigger contract because it's only 20%. So they just end up being like, all right, well, we're going to go into free agency. Um, Falcon, going back to you, uh, just to alternate the, the the order here. Do you think if if we could have given DeJounte a bigger extension, would he have stayed and said, all right, I'm not going to test the free, mar- uh, free agency? Or do you think he was just also ready to get out of San Antonio like a bitch? Um, as time went on, I, I learned that DeJounte just had an issue with the Spurs. And so, yeah, I feel like he probably wouldn't have accepted that 40%. I do agree with you in thinking and believing that uh, 40% is better than 20%. I don't I think know. So. As, I, think numbers, so. I don't know how those numbers work out. I <laughs> I think so, but I'm not sure 100. I'm not, and 100 is another word. Uh, number, <laughs> That's another but, percentage. But um, I don't think he would have. Um, going back real quick, just a little in reverse here. My favorite that you have mentioned so far of the changes, 
and it's probably not a big deal to other people, but is the fact that you cannot uh, trade for uh, trade your draft picks that are more than six years out because you never know when you're going to die, you know? So, like, <laughs> when that happens, you know, you're like, man, it's fucking six years from now. So I'm glad that it's now cannot be seven years. Well, that's right? that only kicks in if you're over the luxury tax. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Fuck the NBA. Yee. Uh, but yee, so what about your opinion, so far? Do you think uh, DJ would have stayed uh, if we would give him that 40%? No, because after listening to like interviews and stuff that he's done since being traded, it seems pretty apparent that he was kind of one foot out the door. Not that I don't think he has any true like malice or anything against San Antonio but it's kind of just like the same thing of being in a job that you don't want to be at because of certain procedures and rules that you have to follow and I think that's what it, it's kind of like him and Steven Jackson are both kind of like in that mindset where like well the Spurs want to control you and they want to they don't want you to have any fun and stuff like that and I think DJ is you know I what is he like probably 24 25 now uh that's when I stopped partying but I guess for some people you know he still wants to uh live that life and maybe it's because ever since being drafted by us he's been on a leash and so he was like I need to get fucking out of here so I can like at least go to a fucking strip club or like something <laughs> you know so. But you know what? I mean, but you you know you say that, but then you think about it, like going into the Jean uh, Morant uh, situation. You know, I feel like maybe he doesn't have a leash, and look what's going on. You know what I mean? And I feel like I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the Spurs. I mean, I'll give it to the Spurs organization for always kind of keeping it clean cut, and kind of, you know, I feel like it's well known now, like for any player, whether young getting drafted by us or you know in the middle of their career coming to us in free agency it's like if you're going to be on the spurs it's no bullshit off the court you know like we've had that image for three decades now pretty much speaking of that image uh you know something that's been swept under the rug the whole josh primo shit I actually just typed in josh primo on google the other day and just to see if there's any updates and there's nothing yeah dude that guy that got swept under the rug real quick. No one knows what happened with that shit. I just I know there was a settlement and that was it. Is he still yeah. alive? Who knows? He's still he's he's still on NBA two K. The Spurs the Spurs just fucking sent a sniper out and got him. Um Hey Brent Forbes. Oh, we talked about that last time. Yeah. But we haven't <laughs> mentioned that he's living with his mom. Oh, yeah, I forgot. We should have probably put that in there. Bryn Forbes is living with his mom now. Um, that happened. But, <laughs> um, just like but he deserves. He should have never like been in deserves. the NBA. He, yeah, I kind of agree with you on that one. I don't know why Brian Wright gave him a chance. Twice. Um, <laughs> and then, dude, Milwaukee wanted him back. What the fuck? Oh, that's got to be bullshit. Uh, yeah, dude. But... 
anyways, skipping to the CBA here. Uh, one of the before we get into like just like the random changes, uh, one of the last major changes that they made was on a topic that we talked about last episode, which was uh, load management. So um, now to kind of curb load management, uh, players in order to be eligible for uh, individual awards like all the NBA team, MVP, all that stuff, they have to have been in the, uh, uh, they have had to have played 65 games. And fun statistic, um, last year, six players would not have made that that uh, requirement. And then this year, there's more players than that that would not make that requirement this year. So... Uh, and the the big thing with that is uh, these awards have a, an effect on whether or not you can get a supermax deal. Um, if you have these awards, you can get a supermax deal, but without it, you can't. So, uh-uh. <laughs> so Jafar, um, I I believe you're a little you're a little vocal about the you know the the load management last last time where do you feel like these this is enough change to you know fix it do you like are you happy with these changes what are your thoughts uh like 73 maybe like 65 35 i do like the idea of having to play a certain amount of games to be to get certain certain accolades uh because i i don't know if they've did that for all-star selection too did that doesn't say anything about that it doesn't i would assume all-stars because it says individual awards and like just general awards okay, but i don't know i i hate when i look at like someone's you know like career stats and it's like it shows it has like a little star when they were an all-star and it's like all-star this year and it's like 32 games played and you're like <laughs> why were you an all-star you played 32 games like sure you may have had an injury but you shouldn't have been an all-star then yeah like um so yeah i i do like the idea of minimum games played to get certain awards you shouldn't be mvp if you played less than 65 games that makes a lot of sense to me because even if you just play 65 and then cut it off right there that's that's 17 games you didn't play. That's 17 games of rest. I don't know percentages, but I would say 17 games out of 82. That's probably like 20-ish percent that you rested. And that that's that's MVP material right there to me. Um, I still do kind of sit on the fence about shortening the season down to 66 games. Which would be crazy if they keep the this rule and then shorten the season season to sixty six games because then it's like if you want to win MVP you t- you can only sit out one game. Yeah, know, no shit, right? Play sixty five out of the sixty six. I don't know <laughs> if they I don't know if they would change the rule if if they shorten the season. I would assume. I know they they're bringing. To. I know they're bringing in that stupid ass mid season tournament. I still don't like the idea of that. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a little bit. I don't understand it completely, but. Um, but Falcon, uh, so this idea, I kind of feel like it was your idea from last week, 
because last week uh, I was actually listening to the podcast from last week today, and you were talking about uh, having, uh, you know, pl- uh, pay players b- per game. Uh, so this is kind of I, I don't know. I mean, this affects their their salary, not as much as you were wanting it, but it does affect your salary. Do you do you feel like it's a good enough change? <laughs> it's definitely a step in the right direction. I'm, I'm glad that um, David Stern, R.I.P. Rolling in the Grave, kind of shot some knowledge and some wisdom over to uh, what's his name, Adam Silver, uh, to make some Anderson changes. Silver. <laughs> yeah, uh, Anderson Silva needs to knock some sense into Adam Silver, but. You know what my favorite role change is? The fact that they have to play at least 65 games to get these accolades. <laughs> um, and um, like Jafar brought up the, the thing of, well, does this apply to All-Star? You know these mother truckers are not going to make it apply to the All-Star game because they want yeah. those star players in there no matter what. And that's kind of bullshit. But at the same I time... Still... Oh, no, no, keep going. Keep oh, no. Going. At the same time, it's a fucking business. But you know what? Jafar also said, you know, if they play 65 games, that's about like 17 games that they didn't play. If I was to miss 17 games, I mean, 17 days of work, my ass would be fired unless I had FMLA. So unless you're injured. So you're saying that these players need to get FMLA? Well, if they're injured. Well, FMLA, you can get it for just random reasons. It's a comparison. It's. <laughs> I know. I just want to fuck with you. I don't fuck with Chew. Fucking Chew. Um, you said something. In, oh, you know what I was gonna say. You know, uh, going to that All Star Game shit. Um, I think you're right. I don't. Maybe you're right, Falcon. I don't think it will apply to that specifically because the fans play, play a role in the. In the all-star game too that is one thing i i wish they would change i i'm almost to the point now where i like I don't don't let the fans fucking vote dude you know it's what a joke i was thinking about it right now you know what we could fucking do and i don't know if we have the platform to do it but you know if we if someone if someone led a com- campaign to get the worst player on a team Onto the into the All Star game, I mean it's only fifty percent, so I don't know if it would end up actually working. But if we were to like just put all our votes into one guy, I'm sure that the NBA would change it because they would be like, "Fuck that, we don't want this no more. We don't. You guys are idiots. You guys are like fucking fucking everything up. It'll be like the." What was it the American Idol vote for the worst or whoever back in the day? I don't know if y'all remember that. They got the worst singer to to move on. <laughs> yeah, the Sanjaya. Sanj- Sanjaya, I remember him. Sanjaya, Sanjaya. Mm-hmm. Well, remember, Sieta, you and I had also like come up with the idea that um, instead of the fans picking the players that are in the in the all-star game that could be based off of truly stats but what the fans could decide would be like substitutions 
during the game like you know and i think that would increase viewership as well because you you have control and have a say and like they have a little poll showing on the screen as well of like oh who's going to be substituted in and you just see like the bars moving based off of votes that are coming in you know i feel like that might be something that'd be fun i agree is that what my face is frozen as yeah (laughs) or not anymore now it's the screen's gone oh interesting uh, I was doing. I was looking at a percentage calculator. So, seventeen games out of eighty-two is twenty point seven percent. So, yeah, twenty-one percent. Got it. That's that's a good amount of time to miss off of work, man. <laughs> yee. So, uh, but yee. So there was uh just some last stuff, just some random things. Uh, they added. Uh, another slot for two-way players, so now teams can sign three two-way players. Um, teams can have as many Supermax deals as they want, uh, but of course the Supermax deals play a role in the uh, whole luxury tax situation, so teams may not want to go down that route of getting a bunch of Supermax deals. Um, the play-in tournament, as Jafar kind of alluded to, is something that's going on. Although, you know, the, the article that I was reading made a good point that the play-in tournament would be divided evenly, but there's not enough teams to divide it into, like, four even groups. So the they think there might be an additional two teams added. You're talking about the play-in or the mid-season? The mid-season. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, and then just the other stuff, players can now own a minority share of the, of a team, uh, players can invest in like stuff that was not allowed before, which was like gambling and cannabis. Uh, they can't, they can't promote it, but they can invest in it. Um, and then, uh, testing for weed has been removed. So I'm sure Steven Jackson is pissed off about that one. A few decades late. <laughs> a few decades late. Um, but ye, any thoughts on these last random, random things? I think it's about time they don't test uh, cannabis now. If they could do that for the rest of the American workforce, that would be nice. My thoughts are keep it going. <laughs> ye, keep it but going. I wonder. I wonder if that's going to prevent. Like, I'm sure every team's going to have certain rules about it, too. Like, there's no way you can, you know, test somebody for being high. Some people are really good about hiding it. It's not like a breathalyzer or anything. But I'm like, I wonder if there's going to be a good amount of players that fucking toke up before a game. (laughs) I mean, I don't know, dude. Fucking, supposedly Michael Jordan was fucking finishing a six-pack of beer before a game. Yeah, but he was Michael Jordan. Ah, That's true. (laughs) Imagine if he didn't drink that beer. It would have been worse. I'm talking about I'm talking about the fucking the beta Kate D Kate Diops of the the leagues, you know. (laughs) (laughs) He a fan favorite in Austin. Jesus. Fuck Austin. Um Yee, well, um, I think, you know, one thing that that uh, is going to happen after the CBA uh, is actually signed and put in place is that a lot of players are going to celebrate. 
celebrate that this has uh, happened because it helps them. Um, speaking of celebration, Star Wars just had a celebration. <clears throat> Star Wars celebration, uh, which is Star Wars version of Comic Con, their own little Comic Con, uh, just uh, started in London. And this morning, I woke up to an insane amount of news. Shows were released, movies were released. Yeah, I mean, it's it was a good day to be a Star Wars fan. I feel. Um, I, I I I don't know if y'all were able to read the notes on what was out, uh, what it was released. But uh, just to kind of give you a rundown, essentially, they released an Ahsoka trailer, so they showed where that's gonna go. Uh, they introduced the Acolyte, which is going to take place in the High Republic era, which is a very interesting time period. They talked about Mando and Andor. Exciting stuff with that. Uh, they talked about the Skeleton Crew, which it, they got, gave some more information on, which is it's a coming-of-age story, and Jude Law is going to be like an ex- uh, Jedi or whatever, but it's all going to take place in the Mando time period as well. And then as far as movies are concerned, uh, they named three movies. The first is going to be made, or, well, I don't know the order, but the, one of the first ones they named uh, was going to be written and directed by uh, Dave Filoni, who is like George Lucas's uh, right-hand man. And he's doing a movie for the Mando area era. Uh, James Mangold, who's the director of Wolverine and Logan. Uh, he's going to do a movie based off of the first Jedi. And it's going to be kind of like a religious movie kind of type deal. And then the last one, which is uh, going into the new era. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce her name. It's Charmin Abiyad Shinoy. And uh, she's going to be doing a movie uh, taking place 15 years after the rise of Skywalker with Daisy Ridley, um, uh, reprising her role as Ray Skywalker. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> hey man, that's it. Is what it is, dude. Time to accept it. Let the They're really die. forcing it down people's throats. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean. How do y'all, what is y'all's thoughts on these shows? Is there anything y'all are excited about? Um, I mean, I'm here as an, I mean, a lot of, I wrote a lot of the notes. If you didn't, if you need to know anything about these shows, I am an open encyclopedia on, to explain a lot of what's going on in this show, these shows. Um, Definitely excited about Ahsoka because Thrawn's going to be in it. And now that I've read two out of the three Thrawn books. I, I want to see some just some Thrawn action. Hopefully, he's not just a, a a villain, a phantom villain where they only show him like here and there. I hope he, whoever plays him, is in it consistently. Consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see the acolyte. I don't know if I'm too excited about that, but I do like. Wait, is the acolyte? Which one is that one? So the Acolyte takes place in the uh, High Republic era. Um, and what the the idea behind, or the way they're explaining it, the idea behind the Acolyte is it's going to be, I don't know if it's Sith per se, but 
some kind of dark side stuff is going on. And we're going to be following from the dark side perspective of things. And the Jedi are going to be kind of the bad guys, quote unquote. Oh, okay. Then the I'm show. into that. Definitely <laughs> into that. Um, the High Republic era. That sounds pretty dope. Um, as far as the movies go, go, I do like the idea of showing like the early Jedi, the first Jedi. Um, I'll probably see the one with Ray just to see what direction they're going to try to go with, with that. But I ain't going to be, uh, no, I'm not going to go into it with a with a or with a negative mind already. I'm going to go in with an open mind, but we'll see. They they really got to convince me to continue that storyline. Uh, and what was the third movie you said? It was based in the Mando era. Yeah, it's probably going to be Team Grogu. Uh, yeah, no. What they're saying is, is that one's probably going to be a uh, wrap up, like the Avengers wrap up of. All the Mandalorian storylines. So Boba Fett, Mando, Ahsoka, Skeleton. Oh, well, that'll Green. be a fun one. Yeah, so I'd be down to watch that. Uh, I, that's more than likely going to be where Thrawn kind of just fucks shit up, dude. Fine by me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I can't say I'm not going to watch any of this. I, I know it's I'm going to... I'm going to watch it and they're going to get my money. So <laughs> yeah. and like, like everything else, I'll go into it with no expectations. I'll just get spoon fed and I will make my, my verdict as, as I, you know, fluidly as it goes. Um, one thing I did want to bring up Jafar, you know, so Thrawn did come out in uh, in Star Wars Rebels in the last, like, two, three seasons. And I will say, I think they did a good job with him, at least in that show. And I feel like Ahsoka is going to be a continue, just a continuation of Rebels. Uh, because a lot of the stuff that happened in Rebels is, is happening in, in Ahsoka. And even, like, two of the characters from, three of the characters from, from Rebels is going to show up in Ahsoka. So... I'm a little excited about that part of it, but in Rebels, he was a really strong uh, force, and like in Rebels, you kind like he kind of he he kind of like you're watching and you're like, oh, why is he letting stuff happen? Like he's like letting them go, and he like he's telling him, like, don't worry about it, just let him go. And then um, towards the season finale, like Thrawn's like, all right, time to fuck shit up, and like completely like traps them and starts fucking their day up and like they only get away like from uh, by having a miracle so so just doing thrawn shit yeah just doing thrawn shit like he got them but if if the force wasn't a thing thrawn would have fucking had him <laughs> but um but ye falcon any out of the shows that i mentioned is there anything that kind of pops out to you anything you're excited about thrawn finna be thrawn ye thrawn finna be thrawn um yes uh first of all the skeleton crew because i i i like i like the word skeleton it's always <laughs> i don't know why like <laughs> just so random yeah it's kind of it's kind of like jay really with ducks you know like uh <laughs> i've always loved skeleton the word and you know jack skellington and and uh 
sometimes I call it skeleton. You know, I just like to change up the way that you say it. So, so I'll, I'll be excited for skeleton crew, whatever that is. But then, um, D- D- Daisy Ridley. My girl. Did I say that right? Um, coming back as, as Ray. Uh, I don't, I don't care what anybody says, you know, I- I'm excited for that. I know it was a little weird storyline, uh, but, but, I'll, but I'm down. I'm here for it. And then lastly, the most exciting news that came out of this was the fact that there was no news about the Bad Batch. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, no, to be honest, I kind of missed the Bad Batch. Although I didn't like the show. It just reminded me of simpler times. Hey, I need to finish this, this, this season because apparently the last two episodes have a lot of action. Yeah, I will say, you know, you might... You might get away with because I, I feel like the Bad Batch a lot a lot of times what they do is they um because still a kid show at the end of the day you know so a lot of the stuff ends up being kid stuff but there are episodes that are not for kids well it's for kids but it's more for the adults and I feel like those are the story the ones that you should probably be watching and not the the kid episodes. So it's kind of like it's kind of like the Clone Wars. I highly recommend you watching the Clone Wars Falcon, but uh, maybe skip the kid episodes because there's a shit ton of kid episodes. Yee. Yee. But yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I'm I'm definitely excited for Ahsoka as a as a Rebels fan. Who, I mean, honestly, you guys, if you haven't started watched Rebels, I highly recommend watching it. Uh, definitely, like I was saying with the Bad Batch, skip the kid episodes. Like, there was, like, one episode about um, them working with Lando Calrissian, and it's just kind of like, it was just kind of lame episode. But, you know, you can skip that shit. Stick with the main story of the the Jedi and the Inquisitors and the fucking uh, Darth Vader and Thrawn showing up. I would stick to those episodes. But, but ye, I mean, I'm excited for that. I'm definitely excited for the acolyte because I've been listening to all the High Republic stories. Uh, so of course, the High Republic takes place 200 years before Phantom Menace. So the only Jedi that we know is Yoda because Yoda's 900 years old. So you know, like it's brand new, completely different universe. You have no idea who's gonna live or die. I highly recommend. Uh, listening to it or, or reading the books just because some crazy shit fucking happens in there. Fucking they're not even fighting the Sith. They're just fighting pirates, but these pirates are fucking tacticals fuck to f- kill the Jedi. So but yee. Um but yeah, I mean I'm excited. I hope I'm I, I, I really have hope that Star Wars is gonna get their shit together because I don't want it to be like DC where they keep on hurting me each time. Or you mean Marvel? No. <laughs> Marvel's Do getting there. Do you really want to hurt me? But, uh, ye, well, um, pretty much at time here. Any uh, final thoughts before we, uh, we end this up? Oh, yeah, I got one. Um... Shout out to to Jafar uh, Darth. We we received a package in the mail today, and uh, I was like, 
the fuck did you order cilantro? And mm-hmm. she's like, I didn't order, I didn't order shit. And I was like, well, shit came in the mail. And then, uh, I like felt the, I felt the outside of it. And I was like, it feels like a, feels like a bucket. And then we opened it and it was a little pail with like cookies in it and some markers with some edible, uh, ink. And, and it's, it's oh. an Easter it's for Easter where you decorate the cookies and, you know, it's for the, for the ghouls. Appreciate you, Dr. Farr. This, this came in in perfect was, timing. Was it, was it, was it not broken anything? Why? Well, I was just afraid that it was fragile, you know? Hmm. The uh, bucket was dented, but <laughs> that's why I was like, how did you know? But the bucket was dented, but nothing was actually damaged. Oh, that's good. I guess you can deal with the dented bucket. <laughs> you best believe I'm a I'm gonna do the customer service <laughs> and leave a four star review. Oh uh, yeah, four is pretty good. How many? How many? Uh, they're egg cookies, right? All of them. E. How many are there? Um, I believe there was probably about like five, four or five. Oh, that's more than I thought. Because the uh, the picture on Amazon only showed two, so I was like, one for each. Oh hell no! There was there was like four or five of them. Oh, one for the whole fam. I tell I'll tell Thecky, you got to leave after you decorate the cookies. You got to leave the cookies out overnight so that the Easter Bunny can come, and then you know. Yeah, this this gift was mostly for you. <laughs> Just eat them all, fucking. Fuck that Easter Bunny. I just gotta use my two front teeth so it looks like you gotta, teeth marks. Gotta send me pics of their uh their unique one of a kind designs. Yeah, best believe they're gonna try to eat them, like before even painting. Oh, them. Ye, ye. Ye. Might as well just tell them it's plastic. <laughs> it's not even a real cookie. Yeah, they won't believe me. <laughs> they're gonna smell it. They're gonna smell. They're gonna smell my lie. Yeah. Why are you lying? Why are you lying to your girls? It's only for their best interest. I hear you. I can't wait to hear when you tell them Santa Claus isn't real. Fucking. Well, now they can't listen to this podcast now. (laughs) Ever. Yee. Well, you know what? I hope that it's just the girls that don't listen to the podcast, but everyone else should be listening to it. And, you know, if you can, please spread that shit. Uh, Spread it everywhere. Spread it like Kyrie cancer. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yee. Um, But yee, well, if there's no other final thoughts, let's go ahead and just wrap this bitch up. Um, I have been uh, the Siete Uno, um, and of course I have been accompanied by my uh, uh, avian co-host. This is Falcon Chu, and I'll take on anyone. <laughs> I, I, I at some point we got to explain that to the 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 audience, um, and then of course I have the Sith Lord. Dr. Farr, a.k.a. Jason Williams, White Chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) And what are you? What the fuck did I say? 
And was I'm it? number one, or I'm the best? Yeah, I, think I don't know, best. man. I can't remember. And then you guys just play basketball for five five minutes all randomly. We the best music. <laughs> all our ghetto voices. <laughs> Try to go. Yeah. Well, thank you all for listening. Until next time. Peace out, guys. Peace. I'm Vince Carter, and I'm a baller. <laughs> this has been another episode of GSPN. Follow us on social media at Geek Sports Podcast Network on Facebook, official GSPN on Instagram, and official underscore GSPN on Twitter. And while you're there, help some brothers out and share our content. Thanks for listening, everyone. Take care.